0: Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine.
1: Oh. It's Kim Rocks. <laughs> Kim, how are you? Uh, could, laugh, could, not, could not last. <laughs> Five seconds of silence ruined. Ladies and gents, it's Kim Rocks. Kim, how the devil are you doing?
0: I am excellent, thank you. How are you, Filthy?
1: I am not to shabby now we've been talking about doing this podcast for you for fucking ages yeah. uh, just like not even got you not had a chance to kind of get around to it but you are know, the cool thing is i mean if anyone that knows is both uh, we've been sort of friends since 2008 so getting on for 12 years and i thought i knew absolutely everything about you and this was a real cool moment for me when i realized this but i only know like about you absolutely everything from about 2008 onwards i don't know really all that much what you did on the camps and all this sort of stuff before we'd even met and it never would have occurred to me at all i just assumed i knew it but then when i started doing a bit of research and making some notes i legit don't know jack shit i don't know how you got into <laughs> it i don't know where you'd have gone training where you had done shows what the camps are actually like I don't know any of this stuff, so I got it I don't got really excited.
0: Anything,
1: man? I don't know fucking nothing, and but then I got really excited because so I thought, well, this is cool because then I get to know some brand new stuff about you. This really old school, and hopefully, you people will be interested in it as well as me.
0: Are you sure you want to know old school stuff about Kim Rox? Are you really, <sighs> really sure you want to go down that road?
1: I mean, many a man has been down that road, so you oh. know what. But... Yeah. Oh, I did it. I did that joke with two oh, we minutes. Went, uh... Oh, we did. But... It's been a
0: long time, you know, since anybody's travelled down this road because of um, uh, lockdown, obviously, is what I meant, of course.
1: Oh, of course. Obviously it's now, it's now, it's, obviously, it's now a dirt track rather than a road. Oh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna skip over that we're gonna skip over that but like legit when did you even first get like get into wrestling because i know you've done the camps um like how did that even come around because wrestling is it's not something you can really it's ironic but it's not really something you can fake you can't be in this business if you don't genuinely love it you can't fake your way through it so when was the first time you were even around the wrestling business?
0: I have a bit of an interesting love story with the uh, with wrestling. Oh. It started as like something kind of greased, like a summer holiday that turned into a a long and turbulent up and down affair. But it's mostly positive. Um, but yeah, you're right. You you don't know any of this stuff. It's nuts, and I don't think I've really even thought about it because. When, by the time we would have met, which would have been, which is around 2008. Yeah,
1: about summer-ish 2008.
0: Because I'd sort of come from the camps, it was almost like the camps was a bit of a dirty word, um, and it was like I had to sort of almost relearn everything, Um But in reality, when you look back, the things that I've continued to use, not just in wrestling, but through my career, have all been stuff that I learned through the camps. Um, So I'll I'll take you back, shall I, down history lane and to when it all began.
1: Oh, yeah, we are all ears.
0: So 2004 was when I first met wrestling. No interest in wrestling as a child. So when you get in a taxi and they say, oh, what do you do? And you say, oh, I do wrestling. And they're like, oh, you mean that Hulk Hogan, Big Daddy? And you just kind of have to nod along because I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Like, when I was introduced to wrestling, I was actually a red coat. Well, I say red coat. It was for Haven Holidays. So I was a fun star, which is way better than a red coat, guys, just so everybody knows. <laughs> Deadly serious. Anyway, so... I was in my first year as a fun start. I was up in Scotland at a holiday site called Seaton Sands, which is near Edinburgh, that kind of side of Scotland. Um, and was absolutely loving life away from home for the first time, learning all about entertainments, doing different roles, so singing, acting, dancing, presenting, DJing. Like when you go the red coat life and and the holiday camp entertainer role is amazing for anybody who thinks they've got a little bit of interest in entertainments because it's a bit of like um oh what's the word i'm looking for oh i can't think experience what's that word where they say like baptism of fire something like that you you learn everything like and you don't you go in and you work from like eight eight in the morning until one o'clock in the next morning like you work like a dog um but you you don't realize because you're having so much fun entertaining people 24 7 and when you're not entertaining people you're either partying or you're just getting some kind of sleep in between shifts and um, it's really really great high energy constantly on the go so I've gone up there um. Excelling in all of these particular skills, but the one that I was really enjoying the most was presenting, which took me by surprise because I'd originally gone up there as a singer slash dancer, so to find that actually I was quite good just sort of standing there on my own with a microphone and creating my own art, whether that be sort of through a game show or through a little mini comedy set or. What, whatever it may be, my strongest point was actually when it was just me on my own with a microphone.
1: Super yeah. strange,
0: wasn't expecting it, but completely fell in love with it. And to this day, I still get that feeling like that. OK, it's just me and all these people and all of these people are listening and I can do something now. I've got an opportunity to change that person's day. Um, and that's really always stuck with me as my career sort of changed and developed even now sort of in my um what I do for my sort of work role I still sort of am able to use a lot of that skill is it's not about entertaining that person on the front row because they're easy they're they're your easy win it's about entertaining that person who maybe just came in for a drink and is sat by the bar if you can get them laughing and you can see that there's a reaction in their face and even if it's just a little smile or a little laugh you sort of get them you you get that feeling of knowing that you've been able to take that person away from whatever crap whatever shit they're dealing with in their life at that moment you've been able to give them a little bit of break from reality um and and i just love that you can do that through entertainment um and there's obviously a massive spectrum that's covered uh, with, I think without us realising through wrestling. Um, but through the holiday sites, it's amazing just how many different things you can be doing in one day that are impacting people's worlds and giving them that break. And it's such a shame that the arts are struggling so much now when we're needed more than ever, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I get that it's a global pandemic, but I think nobody's got that break nobody's got that little let up where they can just go and lose themselves in in a movie or at the theater or a gig or um a comedy show so that whole entertainment piece of just being able to create a bit of magic in somebody else's day was what got me hooked into the entertainment industry um And it wasn't until the summer came round that I was introduced to wrestling. And it was a bit of a funny one because uh, it's not just as simple as I saw a wrestling show and thought, oh, my God, what is this? I love this. There was actually a clown show the day before the wrestling came. So the clown (laughs) show, (laughs) I fell in love with a clown, guys. Like, I was young, (sighs) Kim Rooks. I was 18. I was living my best life. I'd found that I'd got this skill that I could develop and play with and work with. And this clown show turned up and I was like, oh, who's this clown? He's a bit cool. So I get chatting to this dude, this actor, and he's still a friend now. Um, And not only did he introduce me to wrestling, but he also introduced me to rock music. (laughs) I was like a proper pop princess until this point. And then all of a sudden I met this guy and he introduced me to... Uh, like Green Day, Bowling for Soup, like lots of sort of pop punk kind of acts. And and that's what sort of took me down the music rock route. Um, So I should have seen the wrestling coming, really, because the next week uh, the wrestling came round and it was all very strange. So you are there to sort of open the the big fire doors so they can come in and set all the stuff up and on the camps obviously it's not a load of people it's just a van and five guys just the five guys who are running that show
1: yeah
0: um, and I sort of instantly hit it off with them and and we were all chatting away and there was one particular chat there um, called Lee and he was young he was this like skinny white dude long hair like <laughs> kind of gothy looking almost um and we really hit it off straight away proper like similar sense of humors yeah. um and he was like you know come and talk to the guys like maybe you could present the show for us and um announcing in wrestling as i'd imagine most of the people know it who are listening to the podcast um it's actually very different on the camps when you announce a show on the camp you do the announcement, but you actually, you're revving up the crowd continuously. You're almost doing the job of the announcer through the entire match. Like, there's very much a deeper sort of storytelling role that's more of a pantomime style than what we would see nowadays. So it would very much be Scotland versus England. So you'd have five guys, a referee, two faces, two heels, the heels being from... Uh, England, the faces being from Scotland and it would be Scotland versus England in a singles, then Scotland versus England in another singles and then a tag at the end. Um, So as the announcer, it was your job to make sure that storyline was getting across um, to sort of rev up the crowd to encourage merchandise sales because these guys are getting paid like next to nothing. So a lot of their money was coming through the merchandise that they had available. Um, And you can make thousands just within like a two and a half hour show and and it was so intense within those two and a half hours of a show that you kind of walked away from it after and you're like oh my god what what was that like that was like this is my first experience of wrestling um and I've gotten insanely well with all of the guys doing it the music's amazing. The show's amazing. The The style of it all um, was just really up my street. And so then I sort of, over the next few weeks, just really look forward to them coming. And every week I'd be there early to sort of chat to them all and help them set up and really see how that, the, the base structure, I suppose, of wrestling is goodbye, good guy versus bad guy, right? Yeah. So, to learn that and see it in its most basic simple form um I think is probably the thing that that got me tied into it I don't know if that makes sense but it was just a really simple easy believable way to to sort of fall in love and you couldn't you couldn't hear that reaction from the audience like I'd been entertaining these guys constantly at this point and knowing that I was sort of doing a good job. But the noise that came out of them for the wrestling was just off the scale. And the Scottish crowds are, without shadow of a doubt, the loudest, rowdiest rock and roll crowd you will ever do a show in front of. Um, It's just phenomenal. Like the, The energy that was in the room was electric. And I was thinking, like, how... Have we got, like, we're spending hundreds and thousands on, like, dancers and singers and bands and all different artists, but not one of them have come through with any kind of atmosphere or response from an audience, like the wrestling got. Yeah. And I think, when was it? So Lee, so I go back to Lee. So he was the guy, the the first sort of wrestler that I kind of met who – <laughs> when it what it breaks down to is he was the first wrestler that they would have kicked out of the van so he had to walk all the way around the entertainment complex to come and find me so i'd open the door so basically <laughs> he was like the straw <laughs> of the group yep. so that's why i met lee first and um, and i kind of fell in love with him instantly so then all of a sudden i've got two crushes i've got scott the clown guy and i've got lee the wrestler um God bless Scott the Clown Guy Like I say we are still friends But he moved away to France After his um, period With the circus (laughs) With the travelling circus So then it was all about me and Lee Now it turned out Lee was a Scottish wrestler He was a young wrestler Who is actually now known as Jack Jester Um, And he lived about Sort of an hour away From the Seton Sands Edinburgh site So the next year when I came back, um, my holiday site then was in Ayrshire. It was a site called Craigtar, and it was about 20 minutes away, maybe a little bit more from where uh, Lee actually lives. Well, yeah. it doesn't know, now, but did at the time. So that meant we got, like, another full year, like, together, just all getting to know each other. Um, and by the end of that year, it was becoming really quite apparent that... I was so, I was involved in the storylines. I then wasn't just sort of hosting the shows as a representative of the holiday site, getting it over with these families. I was, my job was almost more focused on those wrestling shows. Yeah. To the point where I would be like looking at what merchandise they were selling, how we could do the show, sort of how we could integrate that merchandise through retail even in a stronger way um i was getting involved with the the big character mascots getting them involved in the actual shows and the bouts themselves um just loads of different ways of of a partnership of working together to make it better for both the holiday site and the wrestlers and the actual audience and it was just magic so we got to the end of that year and the guy who was running the tour at the time um, was a guy called Billy Boy Briggs. Now, a bit of a dodgy character. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you'll probably remember Billy Boy Briggs from the, uh, the Keel show.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, is,
1: is he Billy or Bully?
0: Oh, I always call him Billy Boy, but it is Bully Boy. You are right. That would make much oh. more sense.
1: Fuck it,
0: though. <laughs> bully Boy Briggs. Big dude, big British dude. Anyway, he was like, Well, why don't rather than you go back as a fun star next year, you're coming? I was like, On my days off, I would be going to whatever holiday site they were at. Like, I'd go and get the first bus to the train station and then go and travel to where they were so I could do two shows. Yeah. Or if it was a day where they had like an afternoon show and an evening show. I'd jump on so I'd be doing my own holiday site and then another holiday sites as well.
1: Yeah.
0: So eventually the guys were like, well, look, rather than you come back next year as a fun star, why don't you come back with us and just do this on all of our shows? Because obviously I'm making them loads more money Um, and know the sort of camp show identity. I yeah. know we're inside out now. so what better way to have sort of that partnership enhanced is to take me out on the road with them um, and I was more than happy to do it because by that point we're looking at sort of 2016 can kind attack of not 2016 2006 god I wish it was 2016 could you imagine anyway 2006 this would have been that I'd, I'd come back full-time with them and, and that meant that my role on the wrestling front could sort of be matured a bit and and boosted up so I started doing some training so when we'd get to sites early only for the afternoon shows obviously the evening shows are different when you yeah. get so you pull up at holiday site you get in you get the ring set up my job was always in the back of the van moving the stuff out or putting the stuff in um i'd get out and if there was a little bit of time we'd do some training before we all had to hide backstage and get ready for the show and 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 that was great like because i'd learned different things of different people and different guys like i was quite lucky it was a very different way of learning to what i would say 99 percent of wrestlers (laughs) learn how to wrestle it was a very nice fun version rather than a brutal hard vision <laughs> um, and also I was immediately rewarded with um being able to exercise those skills that afternoon you know that same day this wasn't a slow paced thing this was a you can learn it and you can do it right and you can do it or you can not learn it you can go out and you can look like an absolute mong when you fall on your ass in front of everyone so you kind of had one shot at learning it and doing it right um which i quite like anyway because I, I do like working under pressure yeah so and then from there i suppose it just sort of grew we were going around more sites we were doing not only the scottish sites but sort of the whole north of the uh uk uk england as well yeah um, and it was just brilliant because I was seeing loads. I was meeting all of these different guys, sort of gnome dars um, or basically every ICW wrestler I'd probably made breakfast for at some point on a wrestling tour. <laughs> like just the best time making the best friends, which I suppose is one of the the biggest reasons most of us stay in the industry is for the yeah. friendships. Um And then I remember thinking, right, okay, so these guys, when they aren't doing camps, like what do they do? So when you're doing camps, it's very intense, like you'll uh, travel through the night or the morning or however it's working. You'll get to your first camp, you'll set up, you'll do the show, you'll pack everything back in the ring, you'll drive to the next holiday site, you'll unpack the van, set up the ring, do the show, pack up to the bar like it was a really intense program you just didn't stop for the for the whole season um and after a while, asked i think well what do these some of these guys do this is their full-time job so they can't just at the end of the tour go home and do nothing for three months like w- what's happening between sort of october to february kind of time yeah. um and they were like well why don't you come and see us like i would come home and just get like a job at the theater or haven holidays would often like have promotional sort of jobs that you could go and do in the out of season time but i was like well, what do these guys do so obviously i was getting quite good friendships at this point so i'd kept in touch with the guys and i'd go and travel to different indie shows and after a while i was thinking okay i, I could maybe do this like maybe there could be in a role for me as an announcer so obviously the presenter Role isn't really needed, um, on the indie side but the announcer role that could sort of be kind of similar, um, with the occasional bit of working. I don't know, as like a manager, bad guy, that stuff that I'd done all over the camps, but I wasn't. It was still that very much the presenting side that I was in love with, um as much as I loved that every so often I'd get to be a heel and, you know, come out and be a bad girl and be the bad girlfriend or... And if I say girlfriend, I did one show and one guy came up to me after the show and he said, oh my God, I can't believe you're a guy doing this as a woman. Like, you'd never know that you're a guy. And I was like, I'm I'm not. Um. (laughs) And he was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, what is this dude on? But apparently if I was... Uh, a cross-dresser I would be doing a very good job uh, that I was mean, interesting
1: is, is compliments to you go I don't, I don't I'm not that. sure I'm not sure I mean too there
0: sure. are some sexy women out there some sexy men women some sexy <laughs> but yeah I wasn't sure how to take that I was just like okay
1: thank you I mean obviously knowing um, your uh, I've got to be careful how to phrase this knowing your parental situation uh... <laughs>
0: yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> ah. so very true
1: um,
0: very very true
1: wow i don't I, know i don't know how i'd tell you that if someone came up to me and said you were well you, no you,
0: i think the sarcastic know. kim rocks i am now would probably have quite a different answer to the uh kim Ryder answer of oh thank you <laughs> so
1: i've been obviously i've got like a lot of questions about this because I me and I say, this is like some of this is my first time hearing this from you. And me and you, we've been to here, there, and everywhere. We've had good times together, bad times together, uh, engagements, babies, uh, makeups, breakups. Rami, and me and you have talked a lot. You've been through it all. And this, for me, it's it's crazy the fact that I never knew like lots of this about you. I mean, one thing that everyone in, in wrestling will always say. Is that you can do all the training in the world you want, but it's getting in front of a crowd that molds you, that you learn so yeah. much from. And if anyone listening to this, if you're if you're a you know, obviously you take lockdown out of the equation, but you're a quote unquote weekend warrior. You know you go away one weekend, two weekends, four weekends, yeah. whatever the month to to do a show. Um, that's good. Be only doing three, four shows a month mm-hmm. isn't all that much. You you've been you know, getting used to doing two shows a day.
0: Yeah, I was doing, like, so occasionally, I mean, we'd have, like, sometimes we'd have a Monday off, but nine times out of ten, we would make sure, well, these guys would want to make sure because this was their biggest earning time Yeah. Um, of, of the year. So we were doing, what, 14 shows a week, and that's not including any times where we might be doing a ring hire job or somebody would already have a ring and they just need an extra bit of crew. Yeah. So then I'd go in as a valet or a manager. Um, like you, you constantly on the go. The flip side of that is I don't think I realized probably how lucky I was and how much of an opportunity I had to experience so much when everybody else, if they're not in camp world have only got like four opportunities um a week if and that's if they they're getting in a show every day of the weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I think um it's a very, very good way of learning very quickly. And it is like you ride or die, because if you cock up on that first show, you can be replaced like very quickly. Yeah. Guys wouldn't come back. And also it didn't suit a lot of people. Like a lot of people couldn't handle working that much. Yeah. Um very it's very hard work it's very tiring obviously I was um a lot younger then but had I been sort of five six years older I don't know that physically I'd have been able to have kept up with it
1: yeah I mean well. I, 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 I totally totally get that I mean uh, <laughs> the idea of doing that now would knacker me out I mean it takes us yeah yeah good for you like even just when you said there was five guys on a show that for me as as obviously as a promoter like how the bloody hell do you do a show with five guys
0: and it would be a good two and a half hour show and it would be amazing like i swear to you the atmosphere in those rooms of five guys was just insane like absolutely electric um it's It's a total art form but sometimes I do think, you know, when you see these shows and they've got matches and matches and matches, you think how much of that needs to be there? You know, what quality content are you giving that audience? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe more is better. Maybe sometimes less is more. Uh, But hey, they did it. They still do it. Or they will be doing it again.
1: You know, Yeah, I mean, uh, do you think and uh, th- this just comes from a, uh, I think it's a, an interview with Dean Allmark that I kind of read, because obviously he's probably the go-to guy when it comes to camp-style shows. Yeah, um, yeah he's, he's probably most people's first thought of um, you know, one of those guys that's doing it day in, day out. Like yeah. People kind of look down on camp shows. Oh, like, like, like they're not real you quote unquote real wrestling shows The kind of i mean i hope that isn't the case as much anymore but i know when i started in 2007 it was very much the case of oh it's just working the camps it's piss easy but from what you're saying that schedule alone two shows every day like you you do one show you, you no time to rest no time to to you know, kick back and whatever you've got to jump in the van, pack it yeah. all up, head on down and you've got to you the... gotta
0: think as well. Like so, Dean and the All Star guys obviously are all over. Well, at this particular time, we're just on your butlins kind of shows. Yeah. Your Haven holiday sites, so your big ones. They were lots of little, sort of little groups, little teams of people. There would be like a northern group, um, a southern group, west, east, and we we between us all, make sure all of the camps were getting covered. Yeah. Now, before um, we even start thinking about, like, All-Star then, I suppose you've also got to think about, like, Pontins. There's, like, there's so... Uh, Park Deans. There's loads of different campsites that you could be going to. They might they weren't necessarily just haven holidays. Yeah. Um, but some of your bigger haven sites, it got to a point where you would have, like, double the amount of workers on a show. Yeah. So if you had, like, a big park, they would obviously have a bigger budget. So then you could meet another crew whilst you were there. And, which, it, it, again, is really fun. you're going at a million miles an hour, so all of a sudden you stop. And at this point, oh, there's four more of my friends here. Like, it's just, it was just the best time. It was just the absolute best time.
1: I oh, loved it. And... I I I feel almost like quite bad that I kind of missed some of this because, I I came in at um, obviously say two thousand seven I think mm. I'm fixing that was and it was um, yeah, obviously obviously little indie promotion in Stoke called the BWA so and you know I did I didn't have to promote those shows that I just showed up wore a suit as a manager and kind of learnt and there's maybe two shows a year three shows a year top yeah. February, September, November, so getting out in front of that crowd three times in one year, you don't really learn all that much. The idea of being able to do that multiple times a day, I know it would, yeah. it would have knackered me, but I know that me in my middle 20s, yeah. would have a lot more energy and my back isn't knackered and all the sort of stuff that it That's is now. I think
0: a lot of the guys that you see do get signed. A, a lot of these guys have done the camps. Like, they've done these... Shows that you're doing repetitively, like you're doing it time and time and time again. Um, and that also gives you time to experiment, I suppose, and, and find your weaknesses and your strengths rather than just being so worried and thinking, right, I've just got this one show. I've got to get all of my shit in in this one show. Yeah. You've got a bit more sort of time to, to sort of learn and stretch yourself to try new things and, and develop. And obviously, the experience through camps like your deans and um, that you know that there's so much of the old blood that are on camps as well, that's mixed with that new blood. That it's just, I think it's probably just created a lot of the magic that's come out of the country. Mm. Sorry, yeah. i was just having some uh, some juice. I'm on a Ribena. If anybody wants to know what I'm drinking, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> mm. It's fine. It's. I have like... an
0: interesting story about Ribena and uh Johnny Storm, but I won't tell you
1: it. Uh... Oh, uh, I feel like I should ask, but I don't know if I'm going to regret asking. Oh, I can't
0: even remember the name of the holiday site now. Somewhere in Yorkshire. Me, Johnny Star, Packer That's all you need to know. I'll let you guys fill in the blanks.
1: <laughs> if, uh, if if anyone can come, can come up with some you know, scenarios for me, please stick out a postcard and address it to the person a few Towers,
0: because I, I, re- I really...
1: Yeah, I really don't know where that story could go. I mean,
0: unless...
1: (laughs) Oh fuck! I'm just going to ask. This is an over eighteen podcast, anyway. Did this Johnny guy give you a Ribena enema?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I feel like maybe that's something we could market. Like, think of all the good stuff that's in Ribena. Um,
1: I'm out. Just if this is Dragon's Den, I'm out. I could do
0: some more vitamin C in my life. Maybe that's the way to do it.
1: Out everywhere I thought that today's podcast was gonna go, having a Rabbi in an enema, I'm not too sure this is where I predicted. So
0: No, i not I'm, i would not have put money on that. But that's what happens when me and you get together, Phyllis. We create magic.
1: This is very true. This is very true. I mean, like one you, you did kind of slip one little comment in a bit earlier on that obviously uh, today's podcast we are not covering everything you've ever done. We can't do pre-processing for you, Kim Rocks and uh, Kim Rocks onwards, year 2008 onwards yeah. we can't get all that into one show so we're doing pre-pressing for you Kim Rocks and then we'll do you know another, another one down the line but that's quite a recent thing that you're now Kim Rocks
0: yeah yeah that's that's um 2015 Kim Rocks was oh. was created
1: Prior to that, you were obviously Kim Ryder. Is that where you started yes. out as?
0: Kim Rider is what I started out as. I was uh, my my trainer, so the the sort of the boss of the camps. Um, it was a show where it would have been my first show as a as a valet. Um and they were like, right, so what's what's Kim's wrestling name? Because you go through that show card with yeah. the fun star, the presenter, so they can sort of elaborate the story. Um and I was like, oh, I don't know, what should my name be? And <laughs> this trainer guy was like, I will give you my original name when I started out. Like he was passing something down to me. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. What, you know, what, what's my name going to be? He was like, Kim Ryder. And I was like, <laughs> like joking. He was like, no. I was like, okay, so Kim Ryder. Yep. I was like, is in? Like the pop star Kim Rider. <laughs> I hope you remember Kim Marsh. At a time, she'd like one pop star or I
1: don't yeah, know what
0: it was called, and she was in a band and she just joined Coronation Street, and she would become Kim Rider. She either was Kim Rider or she was Kim Marsh. I can't remember what way around it was, but everyone used to be like, I think, yeah, think her real star?
1: name was uh, Kimberly Marsh.
0: Is that a real name?
1: um yeah if i'm if she married jack
0: rider that name's in my head something's in my head and there was a yeah, kim have, rider I have, I have, I have and really then i also it. became kim rider and at the time I, it was a bit like what
1: i mean now that you bring it up i mean for what i can remember is hearsay wanted that's what the yes the group is, yes um,
0: that's
1: it you do have a passing resemblance to her what do
0: you think yeah what i mean like
1: her. A... Wherever uh, you go, I...
0: I'm going to be there Whatever you do, you know I'm going to be there Pure and simple I'll be there for you, pure and simple going to be there I think that was their song
1: I mean, I, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, You can
0: see I'm... how singing um, didn't become my chosen way <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean my... I'm yeah it's, yeah, it's it's the, probably for the best. Like I can't I think, can't they, I think of... they
0: probably thought I was too good. Um yep, so they yep. were like, that's, Yeah, that's presenting. We'll, we'll we'll give her presenting to do. <laughs> maybe she'll be a bit more better a bit oh. more better great with words as well. well I mean okay. like
1: now maybe you might not look so much like sort of Kim Marsh did then, but At yeah. The I... time. Have we, Have I never seen that before? <laughs> I've, I've never put those pieces together. So obviously, Mm-mm. I know we're going to get on to another episode and talk about, you, know, pressing for you and, and um, why the G6 division is called the G6 division because it's named after you because of your passing resemblance to another singer. But I've never connected the dots that you and Kim Marsh uh, used to look alike. But yeah. now, yeah, I can, I can totally see that. I, I am sold.
0: A little bit. A little bit you'd never see us in the same room together apart from once when we were in the same pantomime
1: wait what yes um uh, the, what regent i the theatre
0: I... stoke-on-trent hanley regent theatre me and kim marsh were in the same room
1: but you were working there she was on stage
0: <laughs> no i was i was part of the pantomime um I was playing the part of a tiger. I I was playing the part of, don't tell anybody I told you this, kids, Rory the Tiger off of holidays, and Holidays. Fave is now death. Yeah.
1: Uh, Did you go up to her and was like, look, 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 I'm named after you. And she's like, that's the coolest thing in the world. Let's be best mates forever. She was.
0: She, She really was. Yeah, she was in awe of how I swished my tail as a tiger and she just had to meet me.
1: I mean, okay, she's still in Coronation Street, or...?
0: Oh God, I don't know. Probably like, she's called Kim. You know, Kim's
1: cool, man. I mean, like I'm not. I don't mean this to sound bad, but after she met you, it kind of all went down a hill. This is gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to say you sabotaged <laughs> her, but this is definitely. I don't. I don't know. There's just something. She's super just something.
0: fit though. I always remember, like sitting next to her and thinking. Oh my God, she's so fit, it's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> now this gets even weirder, because if you look like the girl, you're named after the girl, and you're staring at her saying, my God, you're fit.
0: Does Kim Marsh even exist? Is it me?
1: Are you that, like, am, narcissist? Am I me? Do you, do you fancy yourself? This podcast gone no, very weird. I
0: definitely don't fancy myself. Body dysmorphia is, is high up there on my uh, list of things to uh. do for therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean they, you know, for, who doesn't have a little bit of body dysmorphia?
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give that one. I mean, like, I mean, we started the podcast with you saying, hey, look, I fell in love with a clown. And to uh, anybody yeah. that, that knows you, it's like, yeah, one or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, you know what? We've all, we've no, all. He was done a it.
0: genuine clown. I still, um, I still actually, I stole his coat hanger that said clown I, number two.
1: So, it's not even like it's not even got like a clown name, like Bozo the no, Clown. It was just
0: clown number two.
1: That's, that's really tragic. Two.
0: No, it was amazing. You had to be there. You threw cream pies at people, and it was just, oh, I mean,
1: man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to ask did you not kind of look at Clown number one and think, oh, he's the he's a clown OG?
0: Well, you know, you don't, I was a young girl, I, I didn't want to put myself out there with Clown number one. I thought, I warm up with clown number two and ears myself <laughs> into the grown-up world of dating clowns.
1: I'd be mean, like, is clown number three sat there staring at you going, one day, just one yeah. day?
0: Yeah, <laughs> clown, I mean, clown number three was just your bog-standard clown that gets thrown in the water or gets the gun squirted in his face. He ain't squirting nothing I can know when he's getting ill squirted at him.
1: I've got, oh my god so before before i get on to like any more because i've got a lot more questions about you yourself the camps and things like that i'm going to segue yeah. you into the, uh, the first of two games i've kind of got planned for you now you didn't know we were going to play this one because mm-hmm. i don't like to give you too much prep i think we're quite improv we like to just do stuff you know that's yeah. kind of how we um so i've got a list of british wrestling superstars people that we've been up and down the country with we've seen on shows we've announced we've loved we've fallen out with whatever 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 um fallen out with anybody no cal surprise but i'm gonna give you i'm gonna i'm gonna quickly go through their names and i need the quickest first answer from you
0: okay
1: first word that comes to mind when i say (gasps) names okay go this, this this could all be oh, in oh, tears.
0: It really could. I'm a bit nervous now.
1: So I'm first we big breath. All right, you Alrighty, okay. ready? Okay, okay. Dylan Roberts.
0: Oh hunk.
1: Keith Myatt.
0: Legend, wish he was my dad.
1: <laughs> I think you should have gone oh hunk as well, but no smile. <laughs> uh, Violet Vendetta.
0: Oh, I miss her so much. She's the sweetest, sweetest woman in the world. Best car trips, love her. She doesn't yeah, fart she... like you guys
1: do. Uh, pff, the podcast listeners don't need to oh we'll just move on. Uh, Steve Saxon. <laughs> 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 there it is.
0: There it is. Do you know what? He is i I miss Steve in lockdown so much. Um I miss just seeing him. I love his creativity and that he'll get an idea and he will just run with it you know like he'll just expand this idea and <laughs> he he's got so much to give the world like he is so underratedly talented with like art stuff with everything he's 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 a uh, he's dude but i reckon we could argue like shit if we got put in a room together for a year i think one of us would die
1: yeah I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very certain of that one. Because um, I, I know that, like, there's certain comments you're not going to make when I'm listing these people the and certain comments you are going to make. I've got, like, a few little uh, notes next to a couple of these names. Like, will <laughs> <you>, she <laughs> <"Would you> mention <laughs> this one? No, but, yeah, just, just do it. Riff it out. off
0: and do it. Riff it off and do yeah.
1: it. So, uh, Don Micho.
0: <laughs> he is the best voice ever. Why hasn't that dude got a radio show?
1: Yeah, like he is Gene Hunt from like Life on Mars. Yes,
0: I love that show. We've never talked about this. I love that show.
1: And obviously Ashes to Ashes as well. Yeah. He did. Um, Tony Barrett.
0: Oh does the best cuddles ever.
1: Yeah, but he is an absolute sweetheart, everyone. Uh yeah, Ryan my- Ryan myers
0: Oh, such a dude. Yeah, he'd be my brother if Keith was my dad. That'd be amazing. Dude.
1: Oh, this is very weird. Jack Jester?
0: Ah, oh, I love Jack Jester. My mum um always wishes that I'd married Jack Jester.
1: I mean you'd have very hairy gothic babies.
0: Yes, we would. They would be fabulous.
1: Yes. Um Lance Rivera.
0: <laughs> the Playboy Prince.
1: The Playboy Prince?
0: Well, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, he's actually in my
1: wardrobe. Oh, my God. Uh, Drill.
0: Uh, He is, too, in my wardrobe. No, I'm joking. He's too much testosterone for me to handle. Absolute pisser. I'd do anything for him. If he needed anything, I'd help him out in a heartbeat.
1: Uh, Magic Mark.
0: Oh, Magic Mark is such a babe. Do you know what? Me and Magic Mark could just talk about Serious stuff and utter nonsense within the same sentence, and it's like therapy for both of us. He is yeah. just the nicest, humblest dude, and he makes me howl. Like, if there's one person that can go lower in their talking about stuff than me and you, it's Mark.
1: Yeah, I'll, ag- yeah. I'll agree on that one. Uh, yeah. Sugar Dungton.
0: Oh, such a laugh. Such a sweetheart. Yeah, I miss that guy. I think the whole country probably misses that guy's smile. Just absolutely infectious. I, I think that positivity can't be taught. It's just a, a little bit of magic in his heart yeah. that he gives freely to people. And I, I would hate to think of people taking advantage of him because he's a diamond and deserves every success he gets.
1: Damn right, damn right. So uh, last, last little uh, couple for you. So very, very quickly because you're slowing me down. So I want okay, okay, you to... Okay. I'm trying to chuck it under the bus, God damn it. It's Kieran Moran.
0: Oh, Kieran. He's like, he stole loads of my presenting jobs. Um, <laughs> he's so cute. He's a babe. He's he a babe. Is, it's,
1: it's he, does, he does dress like he works for Virgin Trains, but he is a good egg.
0: He does like the tidy version of what I do. Whatever it is that I do. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'll give you that one. Uh, Rhyloid?
0: Yes, absolute babe. Do you remember saying that you hate Rhyloid? No. Yeah, I'm going to throw you under the bus. You were like, oh, God, he wears like this little guy, he's got to change his gear before he works for us. And then all of a sudden you're like, I love Rhyloid. And I was like, I know, he's amazing. I've been telling you this i to you. I
1: don't ever remember saying that.
0: You definitely didn't say that we'd
1: hate, to be fair, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. Because, like, he's, so, he's naturally quite a shy kind of guy. I like yeah. Garvey Loud. Oh, he
0: messages me all the time heads. about coming to work at my shows. Oh. Yeah. And now he, like, he, he's just the show. Like, think where he could be in the next ten years. I'd, if he does ever listen to this, though, please listen to me, Rye. Stop being a dick with your body. Like, look after it a little bit. <laughs> there you
1: well, go. Yeah. Mummy Kim has put you in a place. From the yeah. uh, one Lloyd to the next, sexy Kev Lloyd.
0: <laughs> sexy Kev, oh my God! Some of those Stoke shows, wow! The sexy Kev. Let, the, just... the world has never been the same since Sexy Kev gimmick left us.
1: Yep. Uh, all right. So last couple, last couple. I promise. Geordie Stew.
0: What a dude! I'm so glad that he comes and does the shows. Like. You can just feel that this is a love that he should have. Like, he works hard in his day job. He's got young kids. He's got a start of a beautiful family. So the fact that he can still have something, can deliver a really positive message through it, I think is wonderful. He must be knackered, though.
1: Yeah, Dev. I've been there. Babyface bull.
0: I, I wanted to do the impression. Is that what <laughs> everyone does? Do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just I tell about the time I locked him in a room?
1: I think I've seen pictures of this. Was this after a BWP uh, Christmas dude. party?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Dylan Roberts may or may not have uh, boarded up his bedroom door with a load of stuff from a hotel.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is like Dylan's mission in life to to wind Pitbull up. So, mm. right, I so mean, last... it wasn't
0: us. It was uh, it was Steve Sackman.
1: It was the maids and Steve, definitely. Yes,
0: Steve. It was all Steve.
1: Definitely. Right. So last two, I promise. So Daniel Terry.
0: Oh, I love Dan Terry. He's got such a good voice. Like, could you imagine he was your alarm clock? You would never oh, hit snooze.
1: He, fuck it. He, he lived with me for about eight months. Trust me, he was my alarm clock anyway.
0: Oh yeah. Um, so funny. He makes
1: me last, howl. Yeah. I mean, he is like the, the goodest of the good eggs. Yeah. What a uh, Remember when you took the
0: two of us to the gym and we were both diet, and it turned out I was pregnant.
1: (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) Oh god. I was I was yeah. We're gonna skip over that because you made me sound pretty good in the process, so we'll 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 skip over that. And last but not least, your number one fan and the main squeeze of Mr. Lance Rivera himself, Stacey Rose.
0: Oh, what a (laughs) bitch. Getting day.
1: I've I've put little notes. I've said I've put little notes next to a couple of these names, and I put it in brackets. Bet you she calls her a bitch.
0: <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, but seriously, um, like, no, lovely, lovely girl, lovely girl. But she's got my man. She's got my man. Lance is my man.
1: Boy, well let's call it. Let's call him one of these, boy. I
0: I am his cougar forever. She can do whatever she wants.
1: <laughs> oh my it really, it's, she's
0: like a fly just swarming around.
1: I mean, there, there is definitely a sort she's of in,
0: insignificant to me.
1: Wow, fucking this game, fucking brutal. I mean, there was definitely a Dolph Ziggler and Vicky Guerrero vibe to you and Lance. I'm just pulling. Oh that yeah, out oh yeah. It doesn't even deny it. it does not deny it. But that was the last one of those. I do, I do want to get back in and talk a little bit about the camps because I think there is a, few, a couple more questions to do. What I do want to get you? Yeah. So, So, like, this is um, at your absolute sort of peak of you, campness, if you Mm. you want to call it that. What would have been the sort of most people you'd have performed in front of? And also, is there an alternative? So, what was, like, the least people you ever performed in front of? What, What was one of the camps, I know, like, rained off, snowed in, whatever, whatever?
0: Okay, so one of the busiest would probably have been about... Three thousand, I think.
1: Nice.
0: Yeah, they crammed them in back in the day. Like they'd say there would be, there would be no seats. There would be no standing space. It would be absolute high peak season. Rammed in, red hot room, incredible atmosphere, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, least. <laughs> Uh, six people At a holiday site Near Newcastle Up on time Can't remember what it was called Pretty sure I ended up singing High school musical songs to them for some reason
1: Was that what made the audience go down to six people? Well or?
0: possibly To be fair they didn't let me do it again But I actually remember we had a really good show where there would be like no people there because you, obviously you're at your most nervous when there's less people there because there's less people you can hide behind or in front of or yeah make fun out of it's almost like I get more nervous the less people who are there <laughs> like the more people are there the better the more energy I've got but when there's less people I'm like oh Like sometimes if I'm presenting at work to like two people I'll absolutely cap my pants but give me a room of 2,000 people I'll do anything you want. Um, I mean, like,
1: how come it was six people? I mean, was it like, like, a rained-off one? Was No, just, it had just so been a family or...
0: turned-off, like, because we did some that would fall, because the Scottish summer holidays go longer than the English summer holidays. Um, so you would still be on a tour, so you would still be booked on some of the English sites, but there wouldn't be any holiday guests there. <laughs> it <laughs> just be, like, a few owners. That might come or they might not, because they've probably already seen you a few times. Um so it would have just been really unlucky. And ironically, the same afternoon, we later that night, we'd have driven into Scotland for a show and it had been absolutely jam-packed and we'd have delivered the exact same show, just with less high school musical songs.
1: That's crazy. I mean, like the um the, the least I've I've ever sort of performed in front of was about twenty-one. Yeah. So and then that was yeah, BWP summer season a couple of years back at the mm-hmm. real little theatre, but six people. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I'm pretty sure there was more of us than them.
1: Fucking hell. I mean, yeah. like, I kind of know how, like, like, I suppose that's kind of like how bands feel when bands are doing gigs and there's yeah. no one but the other bands to watch.
0: And that's a lot of work, man. Like, so there's old Kim Ryder in the back of a van getting out all the wrestling stuff, probably hung over his and then we're going to get it all back in and zoom up the road and you think, oh, six people. But it's all part of it, isn't it, I guess, at the end of the day. And I probably that day learnt more from the crowd of six than I did the crowd of 2000. So, yeah, yeah. And the 2000 would have been, I think, Haggiston Castle. Yeah, like, oh, no, that's Scarborough way. I can't be right. Maybe Berwick? I don't know. Somewhere near Scotland or in Scotland. In the north.
1: it's it, yeah, so it's all up north somewhere and it's all sort up. of
0: where like um the snows, not the snows. Not the white wall, not that far, the starks. Their kind of region. All there.
1: Uh, I you just segued into Game of Thrones rather than me, rather even like telling me. I think you what the fuck is she on about?
0: Long live the Lannisters, guys.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think if, if there's a family that me and you fall into uh, Lannisters is probably it
0: <laughs> Tywin Lannister is a sexy mofo
1: Um, yeah I suppose Probably um, uh, I mean
0: <laughs> seriously, often not
1: I mean, she is fantastic though, I She's mean She's a bit
0: like my mum, I think
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see sort of um, yeah, comparisons yeah. between Lena Headey's character and your mum, definitely.
0: Yeah. 100%. 100%. Oh,
1: my. 100%. I mean, we, we, have, we have definitely segued, but, uh, oh, my God. What were we talking <laughs> so,
0: about? Little shows
1: and big shows. Little shows. So, I'm going to have to ask, because I think the, like, obviously, we're not going to get into you know, when we met and our person, few you came along and all this sort of stuff, but the first... Kind of introduction to you that I got was seeing um, obviously after we, yeah we kind of like met and said hello and whatever. Is you showed me some pictures from it would have been a show that you was managing on it. I think it was you and Tiger McGuig- uh, McGuigan Mcgregor. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Craig Tara black lacy dress or the y- Queen Queen dress. Can't remember either way. Black dress. I mean
1: like, I don't know why he was wearing it, but you know whatever. Well, he looked
0: great in it. Great legs <laughs> And, terrible
1: um, person turns out but great legs <laughs> like because i was i was like a manager for the first sort of five six whatever years of yeah you know, my sort of wrestling career so like oh here's here's another manager that's been doing it for you know, god knows how long yeah. um i can pick up some little bits and pieces from you and some of the the, the pictures from you know, obviously the, what you were showing me or whatever is uh, you do you know, the talcum powder spot, which is always good fun. Apart from obviously when you got to clean your gear, because that kind of takes the piss. Um, yeah. But there's, there's like an infamous photo that had like been burned into my head, where you're getting pulled in over the top rope and it's just <laughs> yeah. spiking yourself on your head. Like Jesus Christ. Mm. Is that um, Little Johnny Star? Yes, I want to say yeah. Johnny Star and Tiger. Yeah, but, uh... I think I
0: probably would have been managing Tiger and it would have been, because Johnny Star was like one of our biggest face, like baby faces. He was Scottish, like proper Scottish. Um, little, fun, throwing himself around like Rey Mysterio. Um, so all the kids obviously absolutely loved him. Yeah. And uh, obviously... <laughs> little Johnny Star had to drag Kim Ryder's ass through the ring (laughs) I remember going backstage after that and everyone was like oh my god you you took that really well I remember thinking I feel like I need to rip my tits off like I don't know how women do this (laughs) there's so much pain after
1: I think that, like, that might need to be the title of your autobiography. I'm just putting that out I really wanted to rip my tits off. I really wanted to rip my tits off.
0: <laughs> they were like, I looked amazing. I was like, thanks. So cute. <laughs> oh. So I was the only female for, like, I was the only female I saw on any show, even indie shows. It wasn't until I came back in 2015 that I started seeing females on shows.
1: I mean, so you were the you the audience is um uh only female uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm maybe, maybe
0: that's why that guy got confused. Maybe he was like, Women? Not like women on a wrestling show.
1: <laughs> I've never seen women in magazines. What is one doing here?
0: <laughs> what is a woman doing here? That's crazy. That <laughs> can't be a woman. That's gotta be a man. I'll go and ask and check. <laughs>
1: I mean, like a lot's happened to me on shows over the years, but I've never never been compared, like, said, you know, mistaken for a woman. Might be the beard, but then you know, I've seen some old women in town, they've occasionally got a bit of facial hair, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know, you never know. Well, obviously, <laughs> I, I I think for me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wrestling in itself is suffering for your art, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. low wages, if any wages at all, you five of you crammed into a punter with your bags on your knees you got protein farts smashing you in the face
0: oh dude Um, not even a car on camps like so we would be in the back of a transit van sat on top of like the wrestling ring so i'd have to like stack it in a way that made it as comfortable as possible i just remember we got pulled over on the motorway once and obviously they wanted to check the back of the van so we were like oh fuck we're gonna get in so much trouble so we had to hide like under the mats we had to I remember we got the apron out and unraveled it as quick as we could and like there were like three of us underneath like as much of the wrestling ring as possible in the back of a transit van on a motorway somewhere up north so we wouldn't all get shouted at by the police
1: that was glamorous (laughs) See, so if anyone's listening to this thinking, oh, wrestling shows look really, really cool, you have got to do stupid shit like this. From yeah. time to time, And actually, when help.
0: you're in the back of a van, it's quite hard to tell the drivers that you need a wee. So I'm not ashamed to say that I've had to pee into a coffee cup and pour it out the back of a van on a moving motorway many a time.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: It's glamorous, baby. Showbiz.
1: <laughs> Showbiz. Oh, my God. I mean, to be fair, that story sums you up perfectly. Yeah. Having a piss into a coffee cup, tipping it from a moving van. Wow. I'll tell you
0: one of my funniest stories from one of the camps I'll never forget. Go on. So it was red-hot day, middle of summer, super busy, knackered, because obviously we've been on it. For, this is coming towards the end of the tour now. <laughs> so just about to go on stage. Literally, my music's just hit. I was a valet at the time, but I had, like, a separate entrance. The guy would have come out first and been like, yeah, this is me, this is me, but it's not just me. I've come back with my manager, blah, 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 and then I come out. And um, I remember knacking this energy drink, thinking, just get a drink right before you go down so you let your throats as, like, sort of lubricated as possible. And um, downed it. I remember something hit my tongue and I was like, what the fuck was that? I'm going out of state. I was like, my tongue was killing. I'm trying to do my entrance and I was like, what the fuck is going on with my tongue? And there was like a wasp or something that had gone into my drink. Oh shit. And come out and had stung me on the tongue. By the time I'd like done my entrance bit and it was for me to talk, I had to like try and tell the person whilst my tongue was (laughs) swelling Uh. in my mouth. My tongue was huge. It's never happened again since. Like, I can't even explain it. This was before times of like selfieing and stuff. Otherwise, you'd be all over it. Like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Um. Anyway, we got through the show, and then we had to call like one one one. Like, fuck. Eventually, it just went down, thankfully. But uh, I love that I didn't stop and say, guys, I can't carry on because so much just stung me on the tongue and it's swelling up in my mouth. I still carried on with the show. <laughs>
1: oh my god i mean like when you read sort of horror stories about people getting stung on the inside of the the throat and the the air hole closes up you're like no no let's carry on with the show
0: yeah i was literally going out on stage as i was like that was weird what the fuck was that oh i'm on stage in front of fifty thousand people oh my god i can't talk for (laughs) shit (laughs) what am i gonna do hi everyone i'm a bad guy (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's, it's a bit more of a sort of comical story, but do you have any, like, obviously, because I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, like, ask this and make the camps sound bad, but have you got any kind of horror stories from, from you know, a camp show, whether it's a case of like, a very unruly crowd member or just part and parcel of the camp show business?
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of the camp shows... The kids are obviously They're all on holiday So they're absolutely more psyched up Than any other normal wrestling show And we had this gimmick With like bash the bad boy hammers So we'd sell these inflatable hammers And then bash the bad guys (laughs) So when I was the bad guy One, I'm the only female on the show They're all probably pretty pissed off With their mums at this point So it's very, very easy to dislike me a lot and I remember I had a spot where I'd, like, fallen out of the ring and I'd given them a chance to all get around me with their hammers and they were kicking the shit out of me. They weren't <laughs> using the hammers. They <laughs> were just using their feet. So <laughs> I was like, let little fuckers. And my mum had come to see that show. And I think she was recording it. I think some one of the guys must have asked her to, to film it on one of the like, old handhold cameras.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I always remember her saying, like, um, she was like, I just felt so helpless. These kids were just beating up my little girl. <laughs> I was like, it's like, just part of the show, Mum. Don't worry about it. A reflection. Those little fuckers could have killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, it's a good thing, Mum. They want to get the shit out of me. Yay!
1: <laughs> is, that, is that not just like the weirdest thing in the world to explain to someone that doesn't get wrestling? You don't yeah. know. The more they really want to shank me the yeah. better this is like it's in no other like business in the world
0: it is a good it's just
1: is that applicable like it's weird but acting. i totally totally We're get it
0: fantastic actors man fantastic actors
1: we, we are um, very method very method very we go very method acting
0: i think we probably could, we've talked about this before though we don't realize how much we push things yeah like it takes us a while to stop or when somebody says to us do you think you went too far and we're like what no (laughs) so and i think maybe there's something in there where we do occasionally from time to time push things a little bit too far
1: yeah i mean i'm sorry
0: we didn't push things too far in bits now i know that's for another time but that was too far.
1: <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, you know what, like, because I know. Um, so, what year would that have been? Would that have been before Pro Wrestling Fuse's first show? Uh, A
0: Yeah. That, I can't Ju- just, on. just before. I reckon yeah. I reckon the first Pro Wrestling Fuse show. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, little, 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 little. Words, mouth, engage. No, I'm not sure.
1: Because I'm, I'm not too sure, like, sort of, either. I mean...
0: I lived in Well Street. I just moved into Well Street, I think, when we were doing that show. Um, I can't remember. I think the first Pro Wrestling for You show, I was still at Slaney Street. So that was the when I was living with Mum. So maybe, yeah. Somewhere in between. Maybe we'd done... Oh, no, maybe I'd done the charity show, then the bid show,
1: then yeah. the
0: wrestling
1: for you. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So like, yeah. I know we're going we're to cover a lot of uh, everything next time. But you know what? I think it's very important we, we kind of tell this story. I mean, um, I jumped ship from BWA, I think it was the middle of 2010, I want to say. I mean, I kind of felt like I wasn't being treated right. I was doing everything for the promoter and getting shit on for it and yeah just kind of had enough I, um i left and within two days of leaving bwa dave Direcchio, of all people messaged me said mate i'm with united wrestling or Wild wrestling alliance as it was called at that point of wa uh just up the roads and bids do you want to jump on board here i'm like fuck yeah. yeah so i get myself on board and uh become like a manager there and it's you know A lot more, yeah, the shows were a lot more often. It was the last Friday of every month, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, At some point, I I, I have no idea, but how did you come about getting on board those shows?
0: I think you'd messaged me about it. I'm sure you'd messaged me and said, um, you know, we're starting a bit of a heel faction. We want you to come on and be. Uh, like Mark M- Morgan's, it was a Christmas show. His like Christmas girlfriend opened the show, give out candy canes, be like super happy, super nice, and then after his match, um, screw him over, and then c- yeah, because I messed up the spot, I was like I can't kick balls, and then I kind of like half asked it, and it just went like, a bit weird, um, and then as soon as I did that, they just automatically wanted to stab me in the face.
1: Yeah, because I remember like peeking through the curtain. Because remember, like you couldn't a program on Mark and saying, "Look, like you, you're good," but there's um yeah. I remember we I, there was a certain line we were waiting for. It was like you, you're good, but you're just not filthy enough for me. Yeah. yeah, like it, words like that. It's I swear that it's got to be that or very oh, close can you to use that
0: line again.
1: Oh, fuck yeah, and I, I was meant to like walk out with. Um... Well, Dave D'Aveco or Scorpion, as he was known, yeah. and um, Adam Lake uh, kind, yeah. of
0: like,
1: kind of like flanking me because I was like the you know, the the manager of that group. He the gods of the new age, I think we were called at the time. Um, yeah. And we just like peeking through the curtain, like you went to kick him in the nuts. I'm like, you're good, Mark, but you're just not filthy enough for me. And then obviously yeah. I come walking out as filthy. Hey, she said my name. My ears are burning. We're now yeah, a force. Yeah. We get in the ring. I don't remember if they kicked Mark's head in at that point. I think they did. Yeah, maybe just hit him with a finish, and he, you know, he rolls out the ring, whatever. And the four of us kind of stand there, arm in arm. Best picture back.
0: ever, by the way.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some superb pictures. I mean, yeah, me and you tanned up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um,
0: Probably the yeah. only decent pictures of us that exist.
1: That is true, where we're not yeah. pulling you know, faces on purpose or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like for that, and for that one show, for that one segment, that one skit, you, know, you keep marking the bits, get, they chuck him out, we kind of come out, we pose, I, I kind of cut a promo, we go in the back. Mm. You got death threats
0: what, from that? 120 seconds, and I was getting actual death threats. Like, not jokey things, not like, oh, we hate you, you're a dick. It was bad. Like it was if you show your face again, we are going to stab you, but <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah. Amazing. I've done my job. I've done it very well. <laughs> but I don't trust these people, given it the last show was my first show. And I'm pretty don't want to try and actually that little blunt bit. I'm sure she threw a drink on me. She definitely did.
1: Yeah. I'm I mean... fine uh, like, I mean, this is the same venue that with, um, I, I, one of the audience members, had, 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 I chucked a glass at Dave at one point. Um,
0: what? They did,
1: um, I, we did like another skit where we were kicking someone in, I can't remember who it was, and uh, two chavvy guys rushed to the ring, and I was kind of went with the idea of if someone tries to get in the ring, get them out of the ring. Yeah, if they yeah. don't belong, and if they jump up on the apron, it's all fair game. So two chavvy yeah. sort of lads jump up and uh, try to get in the ring because we're just kicking in a baby face I charge at them to kick them off the ropes so I kind of <laughs> miss the kick because they kind of jump backwards and stupidly I turned my back on them thinking security will, will do their job so I had to carry yeah. on with this movie. next thing I feel smash like, what <gasps> the fuck is that Like I'm, all I know is something's hit me in the top of the head I don't <sighs> know what the fuck is, like, eh, it hurts so bad now, I turn around thinking that one of those chavy guys has chucked a glass at me or something. I yeah. turn, and it's in slow motion at this point. So I turn around, thought, well, they've not got their arms up like they've chucked something. Carry on turning. There's quite a large lady, I suppose. Oh, um, no. And I thought, oh, she's glassed me, but her arms still aren't look like she's chucked something. I carry on turning. And it's her granddad, this 80, 90 year old. Fucking halfway oh. and got his arms up, he'd grabbed a wooden stool like from ringside, launched it, and it fucking hit me in the top of the skull. Oh my I was god. Like, Fuck, you know, they, they get me backstage because I'm I'm fuming, me, me adrenaline's kicked in. Oh. We've got people that are that are threatening me and I'm like, No, no, Phil, you stay in the back. Yeah. Like right, we'll we'll clear everyone out, we'll make sure everyone's gone before you go out and you know, order a taxi or get in the car or whatever. So oh, um, no
0: in a weird sickening way it is oddly cool to know that they really wanted you to (laughs) die
1: oh yeah i mean i mean like could it have been two chavs no could it have been like a large lady no no it's a fucking octogenarian that just chaired me you got
0: taken down by an oap
1: yeah i mean he he, oap fucked me up mate wow is it
0: wow is
1: it oh my god so Obviously, we're going to save a lot more of that for next time because there's no way we cover everything you've done. Oh my god, we've
0: got so much more to talk about. Yeah,
1: I mean, the very first person for you show. I mean, your show that's going to take up a lot of time doing you, Kim Riders, uh, the infamous dress, the infamous dress. Out. We've got so so much that we can talk about. So we're going to save all that for next time. Yeah, buddy. segue you into the last part of our, of our little podcast episode. Okay. We're, going to play fam- we're going to play some Family Fortunes.
0: Oh, let's do it.
1: I've I got a slight introduction.
0: Is Gino coming play- on as well?
1: Does Gino host it? I thought it was Vernon Kay.
0: No, I wish. No, he's gone now. It's Gino. What? Like- yeah. yeah, yeah, Gino's been doing it.
1: Holy fucking shit. I didn't yeah. even know that exactly i've i've definitely done my research for this part of the show as you can tell hmm. come at me brother come at you right so we have got you've got six answers to find
0: yeah
1: and you've obviously got three lives Now, there's not really a prize, but fuck it if you get all six i'll i'll treat you to a to a weather you know, meal with every cider that they make so in
0: 2026
1: yeah in 2026 20, when we're Amazing. both in you know, it In our 40s and can no longer add drinks. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Fucking Rona! Mm. So, yeah, six answers to find, three lives. Obviously, I've got got my little noisies ready. Now, the question is uh, we asked 100 people to name something associated with Kim Rocks on show day. Oh. Mm, indeed so this might be fans it might be people in the back it might be me hint hint so take that <laughs> <laughs> take that to me whatever you want it to mean so three lives six answers to find
0: oh okay uh lipstick on teeth
1: <laughs> oh fuck where's my noise where's my fucking noise oh Alex, right is that where's the right noise? one Oh am oh, 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 I have fucked this up well and truly. Oh, my little noise deck isn't working. Oh no. Anyway, I've got a... the Now oh, bollocks, that's the fucking wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the prize? I'm oh no,
0: but prize. I've
1: done the wrong one. That's the right way. To... Yes. Yes. So uh, that okay. is answer number three: lipstick on your teeth. Now, ladies and gents, if you've ever met Kim or you are within sort of 10 meters of her, you will see her teeth are luminous pink. No, she's no, she has got teeth. They're not gums. That is just luminous Avon lipstick. Big shout and out what, to Whatever
0: Avon. lipstick I'm wearing is also all over the microphone that I've just spent the last two hours practically oh, deep throat in
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, had the, we had white microphones at one point in person. <laughs> oh, Kim used to gargle them. It like they they'd come back just covered in like orange all down the base of the mic from from yeah. the foundation, pink all over the top of it where she's been swilling it. Oh dear God!
0: Really get my own microphone cover for hygiene reasons. Well, especially now.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. definitely. So mm. that is answer number three. There is five more to find. All three lives impact. What are you right, thinking? If
0: you've had if you've had impact on this, cocking up the <laughs> raffle
1: um let me see let me see let me see yes messy lines so this is answer number one now i've got to state this isn't just specific to the raffle (laughs) uh, if if you're in a tag team
0: me and um nat steve saxon's partner we we always had this conversation like i remember we got through a bwp show without cocking up once and we were at the Red Lion, like the infamous BWP after party pub. <laughs> and She was like, the show wasn't right. And I was like, why? She said, because you didn't cock up. Yep. She said, everyone loves it when you cock up. She said, it's not right when you don't cock up at least once. I was like, oh, sorry.
1: I mean, I've got to, I've got to agree with her. I mean, uh, I was watching through some person feedback back catalogue on the mm-hmm. person through On Demand, which is person through uk. Thank you. Cheap little plug. Um, and you're announcing the, the, the G6 match. Now, the G6 is named after you because you look like the singer Dev. We're after like a, a fast, fast-moving, flashy style. So it was, oh, fly like a G6. So we named that division after you. I mean, it, it may as well be called the Kim Rocks division for all the. G8, g G10. Yeah, at one point we could have G7, G8, and we sat there thinking, why is she saying this? <laughs> you know, it's the G6 catchway title. So like, where the fuck Obviously, that- completely <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> I mean, it's, and again, if you, um, tag teams, Kim, it's just good mates. No worries, no worries, no, no worries. Just good friends. Just good friends. Just good friends. Just good buddies. <laughs> like, Kim, what are you doing? This is not, this is not the name of the, the fucking yeah, tag yeah. team.
0: Just great cousins.
1: Yeah. All, all right, mateys. Oh, yeah. for God's sake. Now, and the best bit when it comes to Kim Roxy's forgotten lines or messed up lines, you've had to convince me, show after show, month after month, to have a raffle. I fucking hated raffles to start with because it seemed a bit country fake, like a Tombola, bit but a bit naff, really fucking hated You're, no, see if you. No, seriously, feel they'll make money. Please let me do a raffle. like, fine, fuck it, mm-hmm. do a raffle. Obviously, once we saw how much money raffles made, I'm a big fan of the raffle. <laughs>
0: yeah. And easy was, money. It, easy and, fun money. Yeah. Everyone loves like, a ticky gamble.
1: Exactly. And you're like, no, trust me, let me do it. I was like, Kim, it's yours. Do whatever you want. He yeah. said, cool, I'm gonna do it my way. Buy a strip, a pound of strip If you buy no, five. Buy,
0: buy just tickets, just buy one ticket, save the paper. Yep. Yeah. I don't know at what point anybody listening to this, I feel like banging my head against a brick wall. At no point in my time running merchandise for Haven or any entertainments company, did I give away a whole strip? But now I'm saying this in this really cocky way. Actually, it's good because that person's got more in their hand, so they feel like they've got more of a chance. Ignore yeah, everything, I was just about to say. Sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that's exactly the reason why we do it, but obviously yeah, you came up with the idea and then every raffle you've ever done, like, we're, we're all watching you kind of like just kind of partly squinting partly clenched like oh what's she gonna say this time
0: buy five get five free
1: like buy one get five tomorrow like what What? (laughs) (laughs) but in my head
0: i've only ever said buy five get five free so i don't understand what i do or what changes it must be like a curse
1: I, 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 I honestly I, like I have to be, kind of be near you when you're doing the raffle because I don't know what you're going to say so if you're like no honestly ladies and gents is buy one get five or no buy one get five tickets free Like what yeah. no that's not it I
0: don't know buy five get five free I don't understand I'm saying it now like a normal buy five get five free so what happens where does it change
1: I don't bloody know I don't know where you get off this from reckon it's that Chris
0: reckon it just changes what I say somehow
1: with his magic, for you, do. Damn it, God damn it! But back onto Family Fortunes, that is your top answer. So you found two answers, there's four more to find, and three lives intact.
0: Flashing your pants?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is answer number two. It's flashing bits. Because yeah. uh, o- over the years, bum, boobs, fanny, it's extreme yeah, wrestling for you. Yeah, you said, fair oh, enough. I've got, I've got his lip caught on the rope wow
0: yeah
1: and yeah. Uh, i think that's why I met, I met your dad for the first time because i think you yeah. said your dad, your dad was in the oh, crowd. you said was. live on like it's over 18 show, so it's fine but you did say live on the mic i've just caught my gash on the rope like, yeah. Oh, okay
0: it's
1: great a, what an icebreaker <laughs> a great opener wow <laughs>
0: uh,
1: <laughs> it's funny because it means vagina okay well, we'll move past that uh, um. so three answers found three still to go, three lives intact
0: oh um, oh this is tricky now Chris Jericho oh,
1: oh, oh. nope no Jericho there
0: man uh, okay one job <laughs>
1: yes answer number five is a chant of one job no. That is you. That is you. I mean, chance do play a bit of a, a bit of a role in one of these sort of answers. So it just give you just give you a little clue. Just need a little little heads up. So two uh, more to find, two lives intact.
0: Uh, Weatherspoon.
1: Oh, oh Oh no. no, second life gone. You've only got one life remaining oh, and shag. two answers to find. Uh, uh... I'm going to give you a bit of a clue since you have got still two to find One is very, very Me specific And you What's fucking it hate guilty? I'm going to Bangers pretend-
0: and
1: I'm going to pretend I'm not hearing either of them Because that will lose your last life I'm really trying to fucking help them. It's something that I find very, very funny And you fucking don't find it funny In the slightest Something that only happened to you And I tend to share it once a year, every year
0: Rimming.
1: Oh for fuck's sake. to <laughs> <laughs> number four. It's not what I was going for, but that is answer number four. Kim the rim is number four.
0: Oh, having um, an orange thrown at my head. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Fan fucking fantastic! You've found all six answers with one life remaining. Amazing. Yes. That is what all 100 people surveyed said, obviously. Oh,
0: my God. Is that like a record on this game?
1: Um, I, I don't fucking know. Let's be honest. I just make this shit up. I don't.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I love it. Ah. I love it.
1: I mean, oh my God! I mean, you you have won family fortunes, but for your singing, may may I just add?
0: <laughs> oh man!
1: Oh, sorry. So I, does I that you get a
0: free Weatherspoon?
1: Yes, you get as soon as Wetherspoons is open again, and the uh, the owner of Weatherspoon's stop being such a pedantic prick. Yeah,
0: there, he's being a bit of
1: an arsehole He, he is a massive douche. Mm. Uh, you'll you'll be treated to a meal at Weatherspoon's, and you can have as many sides as you wish.
0: Boom. I probably only need like two. I haven't been anywhere for years. I'm moving years. S-
1: slight overstatement, isn't it? Just a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we are all going to be lightweights by the time we're kind of like back into the pub. But.
0: Oh, can't we?
1: Cheap date, dear. Cheap date. Um, is there anything else that you want to kind of. Actually, no. Actually, while, while I've got you on, one question Where did the boob mints start?
0: The movement the movements started um, quite early on, really. I kind of, obviously, when you're doing the shows at Haven, so on the camps, you're going back and forth. It's easy to sort of come up with excuses. But as soon as I started doing indie shows, so this will be more like the next episode, I guess. But I realised that you go out and you're out, then that's it. Like, there's no escaping. You're just kind of sat in one place so if you haven't got a drink or anything you like you can't if your throat goes dry you're knackered and the last thing you want when you're trying to talk to people or deliver some kind of message is to not be able to talk clearly I mean let's be honest I have enough difficulties talking clearly as it is just because my dumbass human brain let alone (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> issues with throat lubrication um, so I thought, oh, right, if I haven't got a water or a juice or a drink or a Ribena like if Johnny Storm's not handy then just wax them XXX mints not XXX mints basically not ones that will jam up in your booby sweat and go weird like ones that will hold the test of a full three hour wrestling show and just shove a load of mint in your bra and then that way you can always just get one if you need a little fresh enough
1: so yeah if anyone on the show does see kim rearranging her um her ladies let's, mm. let's keep it classy um she is just trying to get a mint out or a mint has slipped and she's just trying to rearrange it could yeah. be one could be one could be the other could be both
0: only several or you know if, if you're on a date and you've got a bit of a garlic issue happening or if you're in a bit of an sos situation I'm I'm your girl. I, I'll hook you up.
1: <laughs> the is that are we going to announce you as that from like the next wrestling show that you're on the, the lady with the mintiest cleavage.
0: Yeah, and I do I do have a weird thing for mint. Like I proper love mint. So maybe it's just the smell it gives me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't put them anywhere else. I promise they only go in my bra. I mean that's weird enough. I'll just stop talking. <laughs>
1: I, mean, I, I think that that's a I think that's a perfect line to end this podcast episode on. But I'm not going to lie to you, just Beautiful. the idea of. I mean, we've already, we already kind of started with rabby and Enemus so yeah. you know what, minty cleaves.
0: Minty that's cleaves. what it is.
1: Minty, minty cleaves. cleaves. <laughs> Do
0: you
1: Mate, need a podcast
0: this, about minty cleaves.
1: That's, that's going to be my new uh, wrestling name, just minty cleaves.
0: Minty
1: cleaves, love it. <sighs> so I. We're gonna we're gonna draw this to a close. Knowing me and you, we could talk forever and still have a lot more to talk about. We've got so much to talk about on episode two, but we're gonna give that a little bit of time um, before we, before we do turn away because there's so much to cover. It is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, Kim Rocks. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, people listening to this, you've learned a little bit about Kim, but also. Yeah, you know, learning a little bit about you know, what it takes to kind of manage being on the camps and all that sort of stuff because it doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't get enough credit when it is talked about as well. So yeah, I really definitely. do hope people, if uh, you know, learn something as well. Mm. Is there anything that you want to, anything you want to say to the Kim Rocks fans before we go?
0: Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for listening. If you're still listening, if you are still listening, let us know. Let us know what you think <laughs> <That's> <laughs> about this a... crazy ass conversation.
1: <laughs> if I love to say,
0: this now, or in ten years' time, or if because one of us has died or something's happened, just put like a picture of a penis on our Facebook profiles. Just because, why not? That's a bit of love between me, you, and Phil, given out to the world.
1: Well, I mean, I like I said, have you got a message a for secret your secret
0: message? Yeah, have you got a little and, secret uh, message? You and, start and putting you said... pictures of funny shaped penises everywhere.
1: I've got a message for your fans. Yeah, thanks for having me. Fucking hell, I didn't realise you were that fucking friendly with your fans. Hey, there's not many. You know what, if, if, if that's what the £3 meet and greet gets to you, then you know what, sign everybody up.
0: <laughs> After this lockdown, to be fair, I might even reduce it to one pound fifty.
1: Fucking hell. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean I've mean, i got no words. Separate. I've got
0: <laughs> Let's go get an imaginary drink at the imaginary bar
1: yes absolutely it. kim it's been an absolute pleasure i literally can't wait to do are epic part two with you uh, thank you so much and ladies and gents this has been uh, snap crackle and cheap pop series three episode five my name's bilfie she's been kim Rox. thank you very much for listening thank you bye for now
0: Thanks for listening. Check
1: out Pro Wrestling
0: for You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows
1: over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.